Pigeons 420. Mr. Grow It. And Rob from Cannabis Lifestyle TV. From the Stash Podcast. From the Stash Podcast, this is your boy Rob from Cannabis Lifestyle TV. Mr. Grow It, also known as Chris to us. And Pigeons 420. Welcome back, boys. Hey, What's boys. How you guys doing? Happy yeah, belated St. Patrick's Day. That was like a few weeks yeah. ago, maybe, but yeah, we, missed, ago, we missed it. Know. We missed it. Yeah. yeah. It was, uh, it's weird it was, when uh, the have, holidays now, they pass and I don't realize that they happen. I'm like, fuck, that's right. Right? It's like, hey, I used to celebrate that. Remember? When I didn't have a job or and responsibilities. COVID everywhere. Like, oh, <laughs> COVID? What's that? Yeah. So you guys I don't know. drink so on St. Patrick's Day? It's a big drinking day, right? I drink every day. Normally. Chris. I thought we talked about this. Every day? <laughs> like, I thought we were going to check into AA three drinks. <laughs> yeah, I drink every day. Yeah, I'm a parent. Um, actually, as a matter of fact, I got a beer just right over here. Oh, you know, I've learned to have my evening drinks too. It's I think it, it is a parent thing. Once you become a parent, you have to do it to stay sane. To stay sane. You, so you don't beat your kids before being a parent. It's pre-gaming. <laughs> yeah, pre-gaming. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We don't party anymore as a parent either. It's just a family barbecue. Yes. Yes. That's, that's the way to put it. Yeah. So. Yeah. Today, you know, it's funny we talk about uh, these things like that, the stigmatized things that don't have a stigma as much, like drinking daily. That's totally cool with a lot of people. That's acceptable. But, but that plant, for some reason, still has that negative stigma. You know, it took me years. I mean, you could definitely relate to this, Pete. It took me years to be able to uh, let people know this is what I do. I'm, I'm the guy on YouTube. I'm the guy on WatchDLTV.com. Like, that's what I do. All my clients in the marketing space, I was afraid to tell them. You know, I, I was worried that it was going to ruin my business. It was going to ruin my reputation which is a ridiculous feeling to have in today's day and age agreed and i think the three of us both all hid our faces at one time chris did you you did too didn't you when you hit. first started was just just a voiceover or talking head? oh, oh or, hid hid i think it's a hit hit hid face yeah, oh yeah, yeah yeah i had to hide my face because uh, i had an employer Right, so I had somebody who hired me, and if they found out I was doing videos on a drug that's federally illegal, uh, I could potentially lose my job. So I had to yeah. hide my face at first. Uh, now, luckily, I was able to um, leave that job, <laughs> and now I can show my face. <laughs> Same boat. That's always yep. a big perk. That's always a big perk, and that's a big shout out to the community, the people watching or listening, that you guys have literally been able to help in the confidence side, financially, support with the community, people that we can bounce back on and be ourselves too so shout out to all y'all of course absolutely and that was like for i'd say the first year maybe two years i was just the camera guy and editor and the things i do now a lot for you know cltv but my face was never there it was always just trey and it was just me being paranoid me thinking you know that stigma's there and it's there because of bullshit it's there because of the reefer madness stuff the things that we've gone over on the war against drugs or the stuff talking with thomas howard where it's just like it's not a reality the, the the stigma is a reality, but what what stigmatized it is not a reality. There's no reason why we should feel this way based on what judgment's been handed down from people who don't know anything about this plant. But for some reason, it's there. And it doesn't matter if you're in a legal state, legal country, no matter where you're at, there's going to be a handful of people who do dictate your life, potentially, that may judge that. And that's where, like, how we can break that stigma. What we can do as individuals is the key. And I think that's the core focus on this episode here is to talk about what as the individual consumer grower advocate whatever what can you do to break that stigma and i think it starts at home 
I think first thing starts is in, in home being the individual inside of you. Be the best version of you possible. If you're a skid, I'll be blunt. I'll be blunt about it. <laughs> if you're a skid, then you're going to represent us in a bad way. If you are dirty as hell and you don't work in any... You don't have to have a job. I'm saying you don't work. You don't do anything physical. You don't, you don't get out in life. You don't it, make some sort of financial gain in your life. And you just smoke all the time. Well, they're going to say lazy stoner. It's because of the plant. It's because of the bud. It's like, no, it's not because of that. It's because of the individual. That motherfucker was a loser pre and post cannabis. That has nothing to do with, with the plant. Trust me. I know a lot of those people. Right. And I think a lot of the stigma is the issue of people attributing people's titles to that of a plant. Now, to phrase that in English, you know, it's like just because somebody has a flaw doesn't mean it's related to cannabis. Humans are flawed by nature, and we don't blame milk. We don't blame vehicles. We don't blame education. We don't even blame parents anymore. So it's like, why do we point the finger at cannabis to be the sole driver of what makes somebody or something acceptable or, you know, a good example of? And that that starts with public perception. You know, when we had... Uh, when we had Howard on, you know, it, it was it was to much my surprise, but not that when I asked him what what needs to change in order for legalization to take effect, he said public perception. People still perceive potheads as potheads. You know what I mean? And y you know, th there's the the idea of being stoned and successful isn't a concept, right? Despite the fact that we have a number of people of power that are stoned and successful. You know, and it it starts with it starts with public perception, and I, I you know I, we still see it subtly. You kind of touched on it too, Rob, when you say like whether you're in a legal or a a, a a restricted state. I'm in Canada, where technically it's legal, but yet you still have government, uh, provincial governments that put out incredible propaganda pieces in regards to cannabis. You know, like the amount of the amount of um, warnings and labels that go to women who are pregnant or drivers who use cannabis you know there's there's a lot of studies out there that suggest using cannabis while pregnant is a positive there's a plenty of studies out there that also state that using cannabis and driving doesn't or sorry using cannabis doesn't affect your motor skills while driving in the same way that alcohol affects your motor skills in driving so to conflate these two is is an issue and to hear it from a government you know that's 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 damning and that needs to change first well the funny thing is uh, up until recently it was a performance enhancer in a lot in mma and now it's a performance inhibitor in the real world it's weird that's crazy and to piggyback off both of you guys um education I, th I think there's a massive lack of education um and to start, it should really be, like Rob said, within yourself, right? Educate yourself on how THC interacts with the body, how CBD interacts with this body, right? Um, how these cannabinoids are interacting with the endocannabinoid system. Um, you have a terpenes, you got flavonoids in the trichomes as well as cannabinoids. And knowing all that background and how it impacts your body and then taking that education and... Um, giving it schooling others on it that don't know for example my brother 
who is about six years older than me, um, never smoked in his life, never consumed cannabis in his life, always against it, right? Um, now it's a big change because I'm, I'm all about it, right? So bros here I am, his little brother. It was a little bit of a shock for him when I told him I was working in the cannabis industry and I consumed and all that stuff. But I've been educating him. And it takes time, right? I let him know about how what THC is, what CBD is, how that interacts with the body. Um, you know, I let him know that smoking isn't the only way to consume, right? Some people are really just worried and they're against it because they feel like smoking is going to damage your lungs. And that uh, they don't know about edibles and I consume that way and that's a different way. And, you know, that has less impact on your lungs, arguably, mm-hmm. and so on and so forth. So educating others on how cannabinoids, terpenes, flavonoids, how those are within the plant, um, how they interact with your body, and also how cannabis now, it's easier to name the states that don't have medical laws. So a lot of people have uh, a medical license, right? So I actually have a medical uh, a license, I guess you call it, right, approval to grow yes, cannabis for medical reasons. Um, you know, anxiety disorders, autism, AIDS, cancer, chronic pain, opioid dependency. There are a number of different uh, medical uses for this. So Glaucoma is not the only one. Be, <laughs> so, <laughs> so for people to be, uh, you know, against it on a medical avenue, you know, they just need to be educated. They most likely just need to be educated, in my opinion. So I think education, educating yourself at first, and then those folks that are against it, you know, doing slowly educating them on, on what you know about the plant and how it interacts with the body and so on and so forth. And, um, you know, hopefully just we're, we're moving people over one by one, you know. Agree. I think and I think a big problem is is people stuck in the mud. It's people who their belief system is what it is. It's it's a lot of it does fall into the the Bible Belt states, the places that are a little more old school, and they, their belief is this is just like the hard drugs. And now we're just getting kids, it's getting the kids on it, and it's like that's not the goal here at all. The more you remove something from accessibility, the more attractive it becomes to a lot of people. It really does. The more of an abundance it is, the less seemingly kids want to do it. Like. The, the kids that I grew up with who had bud everywhere didn't don't smoke to this day. Straight up. It's weird. But me, who I thought it was charms. My mom forever told me it was charms or cloves. And I was like, oh, I don't want that shit. Then I found out it was herb. I'm like, what? And it was always hidden, so it was always attractive to me. It just is a, it's the human nature for some reason. When there's a, a small amount of something, the demand is higher. It's the just, I don't know fruit. why. So it's, th- yeah, uh, sorry, go, go ahead. Ahead. Finish. Fi- no, you're going to I was finish. just going to say, I Maybe. think that that's where, uh, you know, these people need to understand that it's the kids are a concern for everybody. Nobody wants kids to get stoned. I don't want to share my weed with kids, let alone do I want kids to be getting stoned. So I think that you need to, you if you're listening, need to understand that it's about the adults. It's medical and recre- recreational use for adults. Right, right. And where to, and, and again, to carry on on that. And I, I, as a father, as a parent, have a responsibility to teach and to, and to, to educate my children on what it is it's not a forbidden fruit it's not a forbidden fruit the, the reality of the situation is how many kids do you know go around popping tylenol advil they don't they don't why because they know exactly what it is they don't have a headache you know they don't have muscle pain they don't they don't use it they don't use it i honestly i, I know there are kids that go through medicine cabinet or like you know teens and stuff i i, I had these in my circle but i'm just you know it that that became more of a of a 
it was an addiction thing and they were getting their their sort things from somewhere else first and then it kind of led to that but the reality is is that as when i was a child it was the wacky weed you know don't touch it you touch it and you're in a lot of shit that was it full stop there was no nothing well why is it so horrible and then when you actually tried it it was like whoa it's not that bad and i'm going to hell for this give me another one you know give me another one that's um, the, the side of it that makes no sense. It's like, it doesn't make any explain sense. Explain to me why. I, you know, I know that heroin and, and crack and, and these harder things, I, I see people from me seeing these people and from just looking at it as it is. Like, it doesn't look like an all-natural growing casual thing. It looks rough. looks mm-hmm. rough. And that's, that's just basic judging a book by its cover judgment. But some would say the same thing about wax or THCA, diamonds, things like that. But I think it's, it's kind of common sense that these other things, you, you don't see a faces of bud. You see a faces of meth that, you know, you don't see people getting strung out uh, on cannabis. That's a face of weed, man. Exactly. Face of weed would be from like me or yesterday, last night, trying to get GTA installed to like me seeing it just installed. I'm like, <gasps> right. And that's face right. of weed. And eventually I'm just, cause I'm chilling stone and hungry and tired. Like that's the worst it's going to do. And I think is if the consumers can represent themselves better, they can educate the next generation and the cultivators, the growers too. That's where another big responsibility on breaking the stigma comes in is these Pablo Escobars out there. These fake-ass Pablos, because you ain't making no Pablo money. But mm-hmm. it's like, you know, I understand the black market need, and I, I, I'm supporting free market. I, I don't think there should be too control on it. But I will say, the ones who are pushing it, I know people personally, Rico Axe, things like that, just got out of prison for 10 years. They were doing the fucking most. And this is exactly why a lot of people don't want these cultivation laws. This is exactly why people are saying, no, we can't have this. They're creating the cartels coming here and this and this. Like, no, if we were just growing our plants in our backyard or in our basement for ourselves or supplying the right people and doing it on the up and up, like this great, beautiful plant should be doing and not treated like a hard drug, there'd probably be less stigma around the growing community as well. We wouldn't have people thinking that we're doing a bunch of shady shit. Wouldn't have PayPal shutting us down over thinking we're trapping across the fucking world. Like, a lot of different things that has stigmatized the industry is, is from some of the, the manufacturers, so to speak, is where they just try to do the most. And grow for you. If you're a well, caregiver, do your thing. Otherwise, th- do it on the up and up. It doesn't help you've also got, when, when you've got enforcement on these laws, you know, you're, you're watching like a, a 65-year-old man and a, and a 66-year-old woman getting cuffed out of their house and and the cops raided it with 15 guys a tank and 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 ars they burst through the door and three windows to catch 75 plants you know and i'm and i'm the story goes to you know they're not they're not supplying kids there's already a market that exists this is the market and they can't legitimize themselves because of this exact conversation we're having right now because of the stigma and 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 the lack of attention that's given to the fact that there's already people here doing the work and they're the ones that are being punished for it so i i just i i it's frustrating to see this level of enforcement as well when you when we're really just oh yeah we're 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 (laughs) policing the growth of a plant you know yeah i think are all of these people supplying the mafia i I don't think so well and that's the thing is it's not that's where the belief system for some reason is cartel shit and it's like listen they would sell if if the my pillow gets banned right they'll sell the shitload of my pillows like it don't matter what the fuck it is whatever is illegal and has a high margin for them and they have access to 
any group of organized crime is going to try to do this. I mean, look at the, the speakeasy days back with alcohol. Who do you see nowadays who has an underground bar and they're selling illegal alcohol? Like, it's, it's fucking rare. There might be some random places with moonshine in Kentucky or somewhere like that, but I don't see that being common like you do with something like the plant that's being scrutinized and treated this way, where people have no, to because hide. because you make more money getting into the legal market. The legal market is attractive. The legal market has some, you know, some lucrative, some, some opportunity there, you know, whereas, whereas in legal market, there is no opportunity. There's nothing there. It's capped. It's owned by a few, few major actors and you can't penetrate it. You know, um, even I, I, even I right now I could, I could go, I could start making my own booze and I could, I could, I could get it into local, uh, or low, like so I could start at getting it into local liquor stores, and I could have that shit going with like out in a matter of time, you know, in no time, you I know, know. I know local much easier than you get it in their basement for years. Who now have a restaurant and have stuff inside of places, right. and they did not right. go through anywhere near the bullshit that growers have to go through. Try to do that with to cannabis. Get their plants out there. That's what I'm saying. And I'm like, not saying not like anti black market this and that. I'm just saying the people who are doing like way more, like I'm talking like three, four thousand plant in multiple locations and doing the fucking most and then over state lines and this and that they're making it harder on the little guy who just wants to be able to get their brand into the fucking local store so until the the both ends where it's like doing your due diligence of like hey man follow the rules to an extent you know i don't split hairs over numbers and this and that but it does come down to the point where you have a lot of people who they push it man they're not in it for the right reason they're in it just a ca cash crop and that's where the stigma comes on us as growers are like oh you guys are just teaching people how to do this like no 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 I love the plant. I don't give a fuck what you do with it. That's your own responsibility. That's you. Just don't abuse it. Don't don't push it because we already have people thinking we're doing that and we're not. That's the downside. Here in Michigan, we're, we're, our plant count is great, but we have weird restrictions that come up and they're like, oh, well, it's because they could potentially be selling it or doing this and that. It's like, no, 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 no. We just consume a lot. Or what if we've got cultivars that don't produce a whole lot? So we're getting one, two Zs a plant potentially i mean it's a realistic thing or someone's doing all auto flowers or so many variables you can't just throw it out there but there's a thought process amongst the elites in the government that we're just a bunch of criminals in the underground cartel style shit it's like what is going on who who decided this so how do we stop so, it? oh sorry go chris yeah i was gonna say so we're touching upon a lot of different reasons why people wouldn't would would be against legalization right um the consuming and driving we, we talked about people are really afraid that um, it's going to be like bars where people are you know drinking and driving while the roads are going to get a lot worse because now people are consuming and driving. Uh, the kids' access, right? We, we touched upon that. Um, if kids were to get access, I mean, we know due, through scientific studies that it does negatively have, impact the brain if you smoke, was it, prior to age 25 or something like that. Um, so that's a huge concern for going against legalization, uh, damage to the body, uh, cartels, you know, black markets. So we're touching upon all these things. And that's where I was going to ask the same question as you, pigeons. Like, how do we, on some of these things, you know, how do we change that perception? You know, consuming and driving, you know, touching back on that, how do we convince these people who think that the roads are going to be flooded with people who are smoking and driving and there's going to be a lot more accidents? I think one of the reasons why is looking at the data, right? We've been, we've been legalized in Colorado since, what, 2012? And that's Washington and Oregon as well. Um, what do their driving records look like? I don't think at traffic accidents due to DUIs it actually you know, particularly you, have increased significantly to the point where it's matching with what these people are saying but it actually depends on where 
this is just a it actually depends on who you look at. If you guys remember the famous argument between Joe Rogan and Steven Crowder in regards to cannabis on the Joe Rogan experience, do you guys do you guys ever see that? No. no. They both presented a very similar study. However, because you weren't I'm just going to nutshell because you, we weren't doing these kind of studies before like Colorado was legal, right? Naturally, the evidence when it comes to cannabis use and accidents is going to go up because before legalization, people weren't admitted. They weren't or regularly admitting to using cannabis on the road, you know, or at all, or they weren't, weren't studying the use of cannabis specifically in regards to accidents. So when you actually look at the accidents in Colorado since legalization, when it comes to cannabis, they've actually gone way through the roof. They've gone way up. Um, so it's hard to judge the data there because the data is only just beginning. You'd have to really take it over a long period of time to determine, but, but yes, no, you, you, there is, there is favorable data out there. And I touched on it when it comes to females and pregnancy as well. When, well, according yeah, to but uh, there's... this article here, I'm reading from, this is the U S national library of medicine, national Institute of health. They did a study, uh, from, 2009 to 2015 and they saw the overall annual motor vehicle crashes since legalization um, rates decreased and this is deaths from 12.8 fatalities per billion vehicles miles billion vehicle miles traveled in 2009 to 11.4 fatalities per billion vehicles miles in 2015 so it, it went down not significant but they're showing that it's going down a little bit and that's there's a lot of variables that go into that because I mean you, you look at where the population is expanded in other areas. You look at Uber and all these things that have expanded more for there's like uh, group driving, so to speak. But also that it just shows there's some hope where there's no stat that I'm seeing that shows that it's increased other than by an attorney's website that I went to and it, their stats were a poll, not an actual control. Like this shows they did a full study. So no significant increase, no, no. significant. Okay, even and if there is a, a slight increase, decrease. right? That's that's what you got to talk about. Um, you know the pros versus the cons, right? <laughs> Do we really want to keep this drug illegal just because you know six people maybe die versus if we're getting hundred million dollars in tax revenue, which is helping the economy in other ways, right? It's like there is pros dirt, well, versus and saving cons lives there. And for I know. depression and I mean so many things that people yeah. don't realize using the plant. We Alcoholism. lose people to bird watching every year too. They get hit yeah. by buses. <laughs> bird watching? Mm-hmm. They get hit by buses. These are facts. <laughs> Maybe pull a link up on you. <laughs> Nothing is uh, safe as I've so just much say. from pigeons. There you go, right? I'm just full of facts. This is real facts. Don't ever don't ever test me again, Rob. They're all facts. Um, but no one of the ways and and, and i think you know it's important to address what am i you know when rob says that we have to look inward when it comes to making change and and having an impact on the stigmas surrounding something we're so passionate about the question is what am i doing what am i doing to make the world a better place but what am i doing for cannabis activision or activision activism and and, you know um (laughs) And what am I doing to to help it grow? And the reality of the situation is, we are doing precisely what we're doing. You know, we we're 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 creating awareness by creating content, by spreading education and knowledge, bringing people together from all corners of the globe, with 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 similar ideas in regards to the plant. You know, um, this is important. This is important. I I made I made a I made a, I made a like a vow to myself that when I created this channel. 
and and as my career has kind of like shaped that I would try to penetrate and influence as many markets and industries as I could with cannabis because uh, as you guys know, twitch.tv slash pigeons420, I, I game, I stream game every single night. And I believe that there is a market for cannabis people, individuals, enthusiasts in the gaming industry. And the same reason that I think that there are, there's a market for female cannabis users in the makeup industry, you know, uh, in the same way that I feel that there are, are, are uses for uh, cannabis athletes in the Olympics or in, you know, in, in, in martial arts or in hockey or in, you know what I mean? Like cannabis isn't just a plant. It's a, it's a, it's a lifestyle. It's something that you introduce to your life to allow you to be the best human being you can be. Keep doing that. But I think share that with other people. Educate your mother and your father and your son and your daughter and your, your cousin and the, and the old lady at the, at the pharmacy that's, that says that she enjoys a little bit, of, little bit of something in her tea, you know, to help her fall asleep, you know. Have that conversation with her because that's what's going to change, you know. More conversation about what we're doing as individuals to change the stigma around cannabis. One of the shirts I have in my merch store, I created, I created it. It's Be High be confident and really what that comes down to that saying is um you know certainly consume right uh and do your thing but be openly be openly speak about it is what i'm trying to say is um you know be confident in the way you're presenting yourself and the way you're educating others um a couple other ways is donating to normal you know, donating to marijuana policy project. These are other ways we can break the stigma because they're looking at it as a, a larger scale on um, redoing some of these cannabis laws. Um, now, an easy way, I say this in, in other podcasts, I know those hardcore folks who have been listening to us, to us since episode one know that an easy way to donate to normal, to marijuana policy project is if you shop on Amazon. Because if you actually shop on Amazon, you can uh, go to smile.amazon.com instead of just amazon.com. Same exact website. It's just separated for financial purposes. But you can choose a nonprofit organization that you want to donate to. And so every time you make a purchase, they'll donate on your behalf. So every time I make a purchase, I go through smile.amazon.com and then a, a small percentage of money gets donated to normal. So then they're able to obviously refine some of these cannabis laws. And then another way to change the stigma really is, is contacting these politicians, right? There's so many politicians that are still against cannabis use to this day. And, you know, we touched on it a million times. It's, it's, it's lack of education. So being able to contact these politicians um, and schooling them, letting them know what the benefits are and, and so on and so forth. And vote. It's going to help drive us in the right direction. And vote. You, you got to vote. You got to vote. Yeah, and that goes comes right down to your local constituent, right down to your mayors, right down to your local school board a- attendees, to your the, everything, man. Everyone's got an opinion. And you've got to attend those meetings. You've got to go and you've got to ask because this is something I am curious about. These are the people that are going to influence our children, right? We They're going to see our kids like indirectly more than we are. You're right. So we need to ensure that these people that are shaping our children have at least got a decent head on their shoulders. And cannabis acceptance is is a major tier of that because our children at some point are going to come to a time in their life where they have to make a choice are they going to use it for non-medical reasons or will they not and i want them 
whatever path they choose to have an abundance of education behind them that allows them to make the choice that they need. You know, do I see myself like token with my son someday? You know, if he chooses at a very old age of 45 to consume cannabis, (laughs) I would love to, I would love to, I'd love to be attached and have a relationship with my son that is strong enough that he is confident to be able to do something he loves with his father. And heaven forbid he uses it is at an age that is younger than what I deem to be acceptable for my son, which is 65. Uh, I am going to be accepting of that. And I'm going to hope that I laid a foundation of education down for him, that he made that choice and can live with it, knowing everything I've taught him. And he'll I, again, smoke dank because he knows he'll only is. smoke dank because he'll know where dad's supply is. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? And he learned how to grow crops. <laughs> So, I mean, this is just, that's the point, though. You break the stigma. And I think another thing, too, is being stoned and successful, so to speak. I don't know a lot of people who are full-blown alcoholics who maintain their success. They can get to that point, but it doesn't matter how much you say you make, how much you retain, how much stays in your life, your relationships, because money is not everything in success by any fucking means. It's nothing. It, it, it's that's, actually that's very just, small it, That's literally like a success. measurement in our society to show that we're like oh well that's that's like the youtube subscriber count it really is Mm -hmm. just a measurement it's not necessarily Mm -hmm. what it is this doesn't represent us and i think overall if you can become successful in all areas of your life and you consume the plant then who the fuck cares that you consume the plant if you walk around and you wear a shirt that says stone is successful or weed shit then you're advertising because you truly love it but who the fuck cares what you do It, it should be comparable to who you vote for or your sexuality i don't give a fuck it's not my business now if i want to talk about that then, then we should have an educated, good conversation. But when it comes down to what you do in your home or in your free time, it blows my mind that in 2021 or 2022 or whenever you're listening to this, that that would be a problem. If it's not affecting somebody outside of there, I know a few people who smoke and are stupid as hell when they smoke. They probably are either on the wrong cultivar or they're just dumb, period. Dumb people. But if they're not hurting anybody. I'm pretty dumb when I smoke, for the record. <laughs> that's why we don't get you too high. <laughs> But see, that's what I'm saying. It's like it, some people dumb out and that's then you're just at home and you're chilling. You know, like I'm not going to get too lit and go like, again, inner. you got to know your inner self, whether that be how you represent yourself, how you use it, how you, you consume it. it. It's just all about knowing the best for you as an individual. And if you can make yourself the best you can be, it's going to have a, a, an effect and it'll spread. And it's like a snowball effect. And other people may be inspired by that and do the same thing, you know, but it's just the stigma is going to be there until... You as the individual do your part. I think that's the key. And and we're doing our best here that we can do. I still rock my shirt where I am because Stone is successful is what I want people to see. Like, hey, I'm Stone and successful, baby. I'm living it. You know what I'm saying? And you can too. You can too. And don't let anyone stop you. Use this as a motivation to, to remind yourself that you are on the right mission. You are on the right path. You're not, you're, you're, you're not going to hell. Because of just this vision that cannabis is life saving, and I do believe that it's this it's this narrative to which we teach that deems us dangerous content here on YouTube. I, I strongly believe it's that we perpetuate the idea that you can take care of yourself and and bring, you know, bring yourself to be the best that you can be using 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 this as a variable. You know, I honestly dangerous. believe so. It's like there's. Yeah, just another thing that stacks against a guy or a, a, a person when it comes to their use in cannabis. Very well said. 
Very well said. I don't really have anything else to add. Yeah, that, that for, pretty uh, much Press it. that subscribe button if you haven't oh, already. What the fuck. Jeez. And why hasn't that like button been hit? I know you're probably stoned. <laughs> I get it. I get it, okay? Oh, I, I smoke get it a lot, too. and I know everybody wants to keep up with my blunt consumption, okay? I put one out, I light one up. I put one out, I light one up. So just <laughs> hit the like button when the video starts, because just know we're only going to be dropping that fire. And we're going to be dropping mm -hmm. fire again over on twitch.tv slash from the stash podcast every Thursday. Maybe some extra days. We'll just see how that works. Mm -hmm. Otherwise, mm -hmm. uh, I think that covers it, boys. We'll see you all next week. It's from the stash podcast. It's your boy, Robin Cannabis Lifestyle TV, Pigeon420, Mr. Grow It. We'll see y'all. Peace. Peace. Peace.